so you think you know what I got you for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, man. I really hope you don't. Oh, I'll be bummed. I mean, I won't be totally bummed. I'll be like, okay, yeah. I'll just know for future I can't give you as many hints as I gave you. Because I gave you quite a few hints this time. Well, even even then, I the only things that I took into consideration were when I mentioned it and that it wasn't from Amazon. Mm. So I have an idea of what it might be because of the fact that just those two things are the only things that I've... That's the only two things I've taken into consideration, so... Okay. Well, so what we're going to have to do is on Christmas, you have to give me a folded piece of paper with what you think it is. (laughs) Okay? Because that way I can have that folded piece of paper and you can have your present at the same time and we can both see if you were right. (laughs) (sighs) I'm going to be bummed if you were. Now I might have to rethink it, but no, no, I've already committed, so can't really rethink it, but... Next couple of weeks, Amazon is going to be dangerous for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But what did you see? I, I, man, I just, we just got to go through everything on on the girls, and then having Amy home, you know, gave me a couple ideas on what to do for her. And you're right as far as what Nikki goes and what we're going to get her. I'm not going to say, even though you know, I know she's not listening. So haha. And if she's going to prove me wrong, that'll be hilarious. But anyways, I'm not going to stress about it. And I would, I really would like to get out one day this week to get out and go fishing. Just one. But I don't, I don't even know what day she has off. Because it would have to be a day that she'd have off. Remember, or... she took Wednesday off for whatever it was that Anna has oh, going right. on. Oh, yeah. So there's events going on. Man, I really hate adulting. I hate having to be an adult. You know, I had to get up early this morning just to try to make sure that my trucks had loads. Everybody had everything taken care of. Talking about the fact that it took seven hours to get from the time that we started looking for a load till the time that they hit the dock. Unacceptable. So, but it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not going to stress it more than anything else. It's like at least it's a decent load. So, and with all that said, welcome to the stupid podcast on everything's morning edition. I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and this is our podcast where we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. And we're grateful that you could join us. So, what are we going to start with today? Our national day, which is oh, yeah. kind of weird. It's random. Okay. Uh, Aren't they all? <laughs> today is National Microwave Oven Day. Okay. So. <laughs> the microwave oven, which has been, yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> it, it's changed how we use the kitchen. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going to read a little bit about the microwave oven go for it uh quite by accident self-taught american engineer percy spencer discovered a way to heat food safely with microwaves while working on an active radar in 1945 he noticed a melting chocolate bar in his pocket the high-powered microwave beams created a heating effect ideal for cooking spencer deliberately attempted cooking popcorn with the microwaves Next, he tried cooking an egg. Both the popcorn and the egg created dramatic results. However, the popcorn resulted in success, unlike the egg. Mm -hmm. The egg exploded in his fellow engineer's face. Oh, he put a whole egg. (laughs) However, we can cook eggs in microwave ovens just by poaching one. Mm -hmm. And then Spencer, employed by Raytheon, I don't know if I said that right, continued Mm -hmm. experimenting with different methods of heating food safely with microwaves. 
Raytheon filed a United States patent application for Spencer's microwave cooking process on October 8th, 1945. In 1947, Raytheon built the first commercially available microwave oven. It was called the Radar Range. Radar Range? Radar Radar Range. range. Okay. (laughs) And an estimated 90% of homes in the United States have a microwave in them. Yeah. Wait, that's still a lot of homes that don't. Yeah, you know what? I really... Like, there's like how there's, how many people are in the U.S. Um, it's like 300 million, right? Yeah, it's over. It's well over that. It's yeah, it's nuts. So it's 10 percent. That's a of lot of people. Microwaves. Well, I mean, I can't really. Well, but now compared to like five years ago, I could understand that, right? Yeah. Because the air fryer has just. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's walked in, and, and if a college student chooses between getting a microwave or getting an air fryer, and a microwave generally still around a hundred dollars. Air fryer, you can get one for like, you know, 60, 70 bucks. Which are you going to choose? Yeah. You know? I made the fish in it the other day and it was really good. Mm-hmm. I yeah, want it, it again. <laughs> yeah, so do I. It's not conducive to my diet, but I definitely do. Just the batter. But I mean, I love, I love wings. I love like all kinds of things in there. But for me, the microwave still has a use. I mean... There's a lot of things that you're not going to do in an air fryer that you're going to do in a microwave. I don't see a bunch of people taking their fried rice from the night before and oh, yeah. sticking I'll it in an air fryer. Melting butter. Melting, yeah. <laughs> melting butter, melting cheese, which, I mean, you can melt cheese in a microwave or in an air fryer. We've done it when we're on the road, which it's just like putting it in a broiler at that point. And to be honest, as much as everybody's excited about, you know, air fryers are like, man, air fryers are the newest thing. No, they're convection ovens. That's all they are. They have a heating element and a fan and they blow air and that's at, at their base, you know, production. That's what they do. Microwaves, though, microwaves were they changed everything, you know, and my grandparents would tell me the stories of they had one of the first mi- microwaves that came in there. They had a Montgomery Ward's catalog store um, when they were a younger couple and people farmers would come in and they would see the microwave and all you had to do was cook a farmer one egg and that farmer bought a microwave because they thought they were amazing because they had grown up having eggs every day in every way that they possibly conceivably could so as much as we might look at a microwave egg and go bluck farmers thought they were the greatest thing and so they got them and so they would you know they would take the eggs and put them in a cup and microwave the egg in the cup, and they thought it was just the best thing ever. I remember him telling me that. And then when my grandfather realized that he could use it to reheat his coffee, um, that that's what changed him forever. So, I mean, we make up for some of the people who don't have it because we have, what, two in the house? Um, yes. Yeah. So. But we also have two air fryers in the house. Oh, we do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, three. Because we have microwave air fryers, and then we have the air fryer. Oh, yeah, yeah, the... yeah. Yeah, we bought that, that, and it sucks as an air fryer. So, what's the one? The one from Walmart that's a microwave and an air fryer starts with a G, I think, or something, Chef, or whatever. I have no idea. Yeah, don't get it. Don't. We don't use the air fryer side of it at all. We just yeah, we use used it for... it for bacon a few times because mm-hmm. it was great that it had the turntable for the bacon. It made it cook more evenly, but... Mm-hmm literally everything else was awful like we couldn't make chicken in there because it just it was unconventional it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense it didn't work so yeah so we did we got a separate now standalone air fryer that air fryer is good oh yeah that air fryer is the best air fryer we've gotten when people keep it clean mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very nice and everything that gets made in it 
turns out almost perfect. So yeah, you know, and as a chef, I'll say that there are limitations to an air fryer. Still, it's it's you see people that cook steaks in an air fryer. I would never cook steaks in an air fryer because you're only getting up to 390, 400 degrees in an air fryer. So you're not getting up to any temperature that's really going to give you a decent Maillard reaction. That's going to give you, um, you know, a good sear on a steak. Oh, unless you do it the way that we were doing it when we were going it on the road. Oh, taking and sous vide it beforehand and then then putting it in the air fryer. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but that was we were also doing that from a frozen steak. Gave it a lot longer time, and it was good, but it wasn't still there were still limitations to it. So yeah. I st- I still liked it compared to anything we were having on the road. You know, as far as the truck stops yeah, well, go definitely, because truck stop food is... Yeah. You can only have it so many times. Pilot pizza is great. Their mm-hmm. wings that you really like, great. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, coming in and getting, you know, their horchata when you're down in the, closer to the south. Yeah. But everything else... <laughs> ooh. No, exactly. And that's exactly it. And so, I mean, I... Truck stops are hit and miss. I mean, it's just that simple. And the truck stop food is always hit or miss. Even even the pizza. You know, I don't know how Pilot does their pizza. Pilot and Flying J. And if anybody works there, I would love to know how they actually do their pizza. Because they're, they're usually consistent. But every now and then, you'll get one that's been sitting there for a couple hours. Or, you know, you'll get one that somebody overcooked a little bit. And they're just not that great. But... I mean, it is what it is for a truck stop pizza. It's a lot better than it was, you know, a long time ago or even recent time ago. And now I want pizza. Huh? Now I want pizza. Yeah. You know what I want? I want Mazio salad bar. That's what sounds good to me. But anyway, we're talking about trucking. So I want to talk a little bit more about trucking. And uh, if I don't know if you saw in the news uh, yesterday, but a uh, trucker got caught with uh he was uh, charged with human smuggling picking oh, up all right yeah uh, at the border but this time they weren't in the trailer they were in the tractor he had 18 people shoved oh, in a 2017 uh freightliner cascadia conventional and you know if you guys don't know that's that's a bunker so it's a bunker sleeper but that's still 18 people he had illegally in there plus himself so that's 19 people he had in there i don't care number one how hard your air conditioner blows you're, you're not staying nice and cool. Plus, you know, and oh, and he didn't even make it to the checkpoint. He got, it looked like he got pulled over from the way they're saying it's at a roadside inspection. So I'm assuming that he got pulled over and in the course of, they took him out of the truck. They have you walk around a couple of minutes and said, hey, is there anybody else in there? And this guy apparently got nervous and said, yeah, I've got 18 illegals in the, in the, you know, in the cab or in back in the sleeper. And so the border patrol went back there. They took a, or the inspector went back there, took a picture. And in the picture, you can actually see it. They're sitting on the top bunk, the bottom bunk and the floor. So number one, that says that that's a testament to how um, much weight you can put on the Freightliner's bunk, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but in one side, I'm like, good job, Texas, because as everybody knows, because it made national headlines, a bunch of people had died in a trailer a few months ago. They were a more part of human smuggling. But this says they specifically he was transporting them from Laredo to San Antonio. And Laredo, there's there's Laredo Nuevo, which is in Mexico, and that stands for New Laredo, obviously. 
and then there's Laredo, which is in Texas. And it's saying they transported from Laredo to San Antonio. So did he transport him across the border or was he transporting him within the country? Because if he's transporting him within the country, do you charge somebody with human smuggling for that? If they're within the country and within the state, they're not even leaving the state. Right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that one. Yeah. Because yeah, if they came from, you know, Chihuahua or Nuevo Laredo or, you know, somewhere on the South side of the Rio Grande river. Right. Mm -hmm. Then, which actually I just said the river Grand river. Sorry. <laughs> the Grand River River is actually how I would translate. But then I could see that coming across the border. But if they're not coming across the border, that doesn't, you know, I don't know if that would actually count as smuggling. Because then what if I give a hitchhiker a ride from one city to another? Yeah, I'm not going to have 18 of them. But, you know, let's say I have a family. Let's say we pick up a family. You know, we've seen families that their car was broken down on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Right? You give somebody a ride. Are you suddenly now... A smuggler for those people who just, you know, if you find out they're illegal. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't accidentally pick up 18 illegals. Yeah. Right. No. But, but is it smuggling? That's, is the question. Now him as a driver, he's an idiot. He's like, you, you close up your curtains on your speed, on your sleeper. Anybody else in your truck? No. Mind if I check? Yeah. You get a warrant. At that point, you kind of cover your butt. But the reason that I wanted, I was looking at this and it was understanding is Fuel prices for truckers are continuing to go up right now. And in fact, um, there is, we, we were supposedly just came out of a death shortage, but there's a greater death shortage that's looming right now. And they're talking about um, basically from February to June of next year that there's expected to be a huge death, de- uh, death shortage. And if, for those of you who don't know, death is a diesel exhaust fluid. I've talked about it in other podcasts. It's supposed to lower the emissions, uh, the amount of emissions that come out of a truck, but it's a, uh, it's a Trojan horse because literally all it does is it takes all those particulates and, and, and builds them up in the truck until we do what's, what's called a regen. And that regen burns off all of those particulates and wherever we're sitting. And on top of that, the environmental footprint of producing, shipping, and, and pumping and transporting uh, diesel exhaust fluid is way way outweighs any benefit that it's going to give to consumers and instead it is a way that um you know because we don't produce it in the u.s you know that i know of and so it's a way for you know those who who do produce it for us to literally have a chokehold over us because if they stop producing deaf 85 percent of the trucks on the road stop running you know, if we don't have DEF, 85% of the trucks stop running and that's expected to go. And in the meantime, everything's getting more expensive and cost of living and cost of operations is going up for brokers. So brokers are taking a higher percentage and giving smaller rates to truckers. So now truckers are paying more in fuel and uh, they're paying more in operational expenses while we are all looking at there's a shortage and there's a shortage going on right now in diesel. And on top of that, OPEC is still keeping its current policy to reduce oil production through the end of the year. So while the European unions are planning to ban Russian oil imports uh, yesterday, actually, um, and you know, the G seven nations are trying to impose a a price cap on Russian oil. We're still looking at the fact that our oil is becoming less and less available and driving up the prices. I talk to truckers every day in several of the groups that I'm in, um, as well as those who are friends of mine and, and the people that I have that are on the road and keep an eye out there. And 
when there are truck stops that are out there that are out of fuel, that are out of def, or they're limiting you to you know something like 25, 35 gallons, sometimes some of them are 50 gallons, just so you can make it to another truck stop because they wanna to try to make their supply last as long as they can. There's others that they just wait, go until they run out. And I was at a Love's when that happened. Um, literally in the middle of it, just ran out, just stopped everybody's pumps. We just never uh, heard such a unionized, just the clicks of all the pumps all at once. And uh, that that threw me off and it was like, sorry. And they came out and said, sorry, folks, we're out of, we're out of diesel. And I realized, oh my gosh, so we've been pumping the bottom 10% of these tanks, right? Um, so that's an amount of sediment that came in there, but it's getting harder and harder. And the fact that, you know, we spend so much more time right now, um, it's just going to be a hard time if we don't fix this, you know, and just, just looking at that and the market is, is reflecting that absolutely. So, um, stock market was mixed. So, uh, for the close for last week and just even yesterday, it was just slow. You know, it didn't, it didn't do much. So, and then on top of that, the news that nobody gets to hear, and if I can sideways, uh, go a little bit sideways into this. So AT&T has to pay a $6.25 million penalty um, to settle out with a Security Exchange Commission's lawsuit because they were accused. So they're, they're paying this, just being accused. So they're not admitting to any guilt for um, leaking favorable information to Wall Street analysts. And that doesn't sound like, if I say that to you, doesn't sound like much. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Okay. So what they're doing is they're, they're, they're going to these analysts and saying, hey, just so you know, we're going to be doing such and such and such and such, giving them insider information. Or they could be doing anything from that to bribing people for, you know, um, brokers to say, hey, we want you to get people to invest more into AT&T, that kind of thing. Whatever it is, now it's sealed. We're not going to find out exactly what it was. But AT&T is paying out for it, and nobody's talking about it because, you know, AT&T is part of the, the big companies. So, I mean, it is what it is. Crazy. But, you know, this Christmas, I hope I hope Christmas is good for everybody. I, you know, how's your family doing? Anything you hear? Anything from anyone? Um, the last time that I heard from anybody, I was talking to my mom and she sent me a picture of some of the ornaments that I made when I was a kid and how she has them up on the tree. Mm -hmm. And I told her that we were going to be taking Christmas photos and I'd be sending them to everybody, um, them included, and that I had a gift for my mom that I was going to try to send out and hope that it would be there on time because I don't actually know how much it'll cost to send it out there. So... Gotcha. But, I mean, that's that's it. I haven't, I you know, I said Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, but I didn't actually call anybody on Thanksgiving, so. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't had a conversation with everybody in a, in a while. Um, the last time that I had a phone conversation with any of them was also with my mom, and it was asking for some advice, so. Mm. So, and did you hear about Ticketmaster? No. Oh. What even is that? Uh, Ticketmaster. Okay, so when you go, like, if you want tickets to show, whether it's Taylor Swift, which was is a big example that's showing right now, but 
Nas, Nikki, um, you know, Megan, they, they all have, you have to go through Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster's got this beautiful little monopoly right now and they charge and a ridiculous surcharge for every ticket that they sell, right? And they're in the process of being sued right now. And specifically, it's crazy, all these little meek, happy, you know, um, little Taylor Swift, I, they call them Swifties, which, oi, because, you know, I think Swift, I think truckers. <laughs> so, That's funny. I think Swift, I think, uh, I hear it, mm -hmm. and I hear Swiffer, like oh. the Swiffer Sweepers. <laughs> I was awesome. never a big Taylor Swift fan, but I've known that they called the fans Swifties for a while. So, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, so, so the Senate and the FTC are all uh, looking in to to what's going on and you know that that's aside from the lawsuit but they're basically being sued because all these people who bought these tickets and were told their tickets were purchased and everything suddenly find out they had no tickets um other for, people for what just like in general yeah for... oh yeah yeah taylor swift it's like here let me see for, if I can... for a taylor swift pro concert or yeah. for just everybody's things no here i'll read it to you really quick it says over two dozen disgruntled Taylor Swift fans have filed a lawsuit against Live in, uh, Nation Entertainment, which is their, uh, you know, Ticketmaster's parent company, uh, claiming that ticket ma the ticket sellers' um, anti-competitive behavior led to last month's ticket sales de uh, debacle. As tickets for Swift's Eras tour went on sale, company servers soon crashed as millions of fans with pre-sale codes waited for hours online with n with no you know, in vain, basically. Well, okay. So, well, then that's kind of their fault. Yeah. They crashed the servers. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Then that, I mean, I can understand, yeah, suing them because I could understand being upset because they bought them, but the servers crashed and everything. But we've had things like that happen even with, I remember something like that happened with Markiplier mm -hmm. where, oh man, it was, it was years ago, but it was something that he was doing for live and... I think it was either releasing merch or whatever, but he, he did that and because he had so many people on the live and everybody went to go do it at the same time, they crashed the servers and a bunch of people didn't get the things that they bought. Mm -hmm. And so the people were upset. I don't think anybody sued him though, but I remember people being upset. And I think the same thing happened for Unis Honest, which is the yeah. spinoff channel that he did and the the end of all of that when the, he was live for that live stream, the last bit of merch that was rolling out. I think I think people crashed the site then as yeah, too. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we were we were part of that. I'm not even We you huh? surprised me. I was not a part of that. I yeah. didn't know you were buying me anything. Well of course I was. We we all pretty much spent the year watching it. So Unisanas well, yeah. was amazing. So but yeah, so Ticketmaster is now being sued and now the Federal Trade Commission's looking at them, the Senate's looking at them, so you know, which for me, as somebody who's had to deal with Ticketmaster in the past, I'm glad because the problem with Ticketmaster is if somebody's got, you know, and this is what happens is popular concerts, people have macros set up and bots and programs that go in and buy all the tickets, sell out the concert. And you hear these concerts, they sell out, you know, record number, like, in, you know, um, and within a couple of minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is these, you know, people are only as fast as people, but people have computer programs and Ticketmaster knows this and then they have them and then they resell them for so, a higher price. So they're yeah. making money. I it's heard huge. that uh, Nike just rolled out new or was it a, no, it was Nike. They rolled out new punishments. Did you hear what it was? I thought mm -hmm. it was great mm -hmm. that now if they can, if they detect 
large first of all there's a spending like a buying limit for the amount of anything you can buy off their website now okay and also if they detect that an account is trying to buy everything for reselling mm-hmm. then they will let them buy it and then cancel the order keep the fucking money and then ban their account wow <laughs> so good i thought I that mean, was really cool look i'm i'm all for capitalism i am all for cap- but i am i am against the unethical side of capitalism. Yeah, well, because in, in every way, shape, awful. and form, it, it, it defeats. I don't mm-hmm. know. It defeats the purpose of capitalism to take something and then resell it at a higher price. Right. Just to, it's it's just mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, that's you just, know, it's know, it's. Just mean. I'll I'll tell you this. Back when Furbies first came out, mm-hmm. people were doing that. First, tickle me Elmo. People were doing that. The first, the second iPhone, iPhone two, the you know iPhone two and on. People were doing that for iPhones for the longest time until they finally said, hey, we're only going to let people buy a certain number. And I I struggle because I'm on both sides of that. I'm like, hey, if you can do it, do it. But then as soon as, you know, as soon as the, pedan- the pedantic, ha, as soon as the pandemic hit and people did that with toilet paper mm-hmm. and tampons and maxis and all that stuff, that, that was where I drew a line. And then, you know, I sit and I look at it and I go, capitalism's just... Some capitalism has a dirty side. We bought, we have iPhones, iPads, you know, and, you know, I, I know where the minerals come from. I know where, you know, the batteries come from. And I, I understand that. And if there was a better option for me to choose, um, I would definitely choose it. So, you know, hopefully somebody's able to take advantage of that. I believe in capitalism and I believe that capitalism can be a, an effective tool in helping change our environment and the world for a better you know, prime example that I like to use is CRT televisions versus the flat screens that we have now, knowing how much was needed to make those TVs back then versus how much cheaper it is to make a, you know, a TV now, those kinds of things that I believe in. So, but yeah, it's, there's a line that's, that's in there where people are just like, ha, people want this, they need this. And there's a, and and again, I also have the belief between the difference between wanting and needing, mm-hmm. right? Okay, you want to do it for the phones? Okay, you want to do it for tickets? Uh, I'm I'm just you know, but when people do it for baby formula, you know, when they do it in the midst of shortages on fuels, um, that was a thing at one time. We had a fuel shortage before this one, and you know there were gas stations that were like, oh, there's a fuel shortage, and they hiked the price of gas up huge it actually you know and and the government came down on them because the government's job was to protect the people and you know every now and then the government comes through on that so it's just crazy but yeah it's just that they're basically a couple dozen of these people have filed suits and now Ticketmaster and I I'm fine with with Ticketmaster having their monopoly broke up I don't believe in monopolies and all these acquisitions that you know Say, ha, huh, now one company owns them all. I, I don't believe a few companies should have that much power, period. So, but I don't want to end on a low note. I, I don't know. It's kind of going to be that kind of note. So I'm going to give one last little thing here. But uh, you remember who Masha Amini was? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, Iranian officials this last weekend and was confirmed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um said that the country's quote-unquote guidance patrol, you know, which we all uh, informally have been calling the morality police, um, they're, the, they're the people who are suspected of um, beating and killing um, Amini for not wearing a hijab 
I thought it was that it was loose, and that's why everybody was so much more upset. Yeah, they well, they're, depending on who you hear it from, there was just different conflicting stories about it. I don't think we're ever going to truly know the truth. Um, because for those of you who don't know, she was a 22-year-old girl who was arrested for not wearing her hijab properly, was, had apparently, you know, this had been a continual problem. They had been tracking her, following her, supposedly, and she was then claimed to have had a heart attack and in the police station and fell into a coma and died on her uh, and died in the hospital um, where conflicting reports say that she was beaten to death and there were physical bruises and everything else um, of course Iranian you know police completely deny that but with whatever happened, but the great, what sounds great and just a little bit of justice for her. And obviously a life loss is a life loss, but justice for her as well as, you know, um, Iranian women, a step forward is that it's been disbanded. So the morality police for Iran have been disbanded. So we'll see how that plays out over the next months and years. Hopefully there isn't something that comes in for it, but I don't know. I still think Iran is, uh, it's a long way from freedom. So I really hope that they, they get, they get there and, but you know, we'll, we'll just have to keep them in our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So, but thank you again for joining us. And for this morning, we've got a pretty good show. We think this afternoon, I want to say a great show, but I don't want to oversell it, but we have a pretty good show this afternoon and for our afternoon dive. And uh, we hope you can join us there. Be sure to share us. And if you have any questions, or any feedback or anything, follow all of our social media. We look forward to hearing from you. So once again, I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And this has been the Stupid Podcast on Everything. Peace out with your peace out. Bye.